0: It's that time of year. It's time for Matt Williamson's world-famous draft ditties. We've got draft notes on every team in the NFL, starting with the AFC today. One draft note, uh, what has been going on with these teams? How do these teams draft? What can we learn about? What could happen in the 2024 draft in the AFC? Coming at you right now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We love all the everydayers out there. Subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Hit the notification bell so you know when we have a new episode up. Uh, the thumbs up if you love it. And I hope you do. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks to play with. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right. Draft trends. Here we go. Matt's on his way to Indianapolis for the combine next week. So we're going to get some great insight there. Uh, But as we plunge head first into draft season, Matt. Uh, let's go back first and maybe learn some things about draft trends for these teams and what it could look like going forward for the teams in the AFC. We're going AFC first. We're starting east to west, and the first team up here is the Buffalo Bills.
1: Yeah, so we do this every year, and here's my process. First of all, Draft Digest, they, they still put out a old-school draft guide that you buy at the newsstand and it.
0: i, I, I write about news, it. if i go to a newsstand uh it's just like when i was you know 19 years old yep. and i was pumped on the draft and the only thing you had was Mel kuyper and you had the one draft guide you could find at the newsstand and i loved it and i loved having a hard copy of the draft guide and the 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 heights and weights were all wrong because it was all written up pre combine, <laughs> right, and right, it right. didn't matter. I loved it, uh, and and so even when I see one to this day, and I don't go to newsstands as often as I used to, uh, I still love seeing the hard copy draft guide. So go pick yourself up a copy yeah. of uh, of the Digest featuring Matt Williamson's draft ditties.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I mean I have to throw this out there because somewhere upstairs and probably in the attic at this point. I have every Mel Kiper blue book, uh, probably from 1980 when I was seven years old until he stopped you know, even putting them out. I mean, I, I wore those things out. And my mom, bless her soul, would take me to like every newsstand, every pharmacy, looking for any draft guide I could get from like this time of the year forward. I'd end up with a few of them. But I mean, it, it's funny stuff, though. But anyway...
0: Pre-internet, yeah, right. it wasn't easy to find. You had to have the, no, the, the source. It, it was similar to music. It's like which which like uh, which little hole in the wall record store has like the punk records where I can find this really hard to find album yeah, that I'm yeah, looking yeah. for that you just can't find anywhere. It's not just right on your phone uh, to download. So um, yeah, it's uh, or to stream. And uh, it's funny because I, I still feel like I say old guy stuff like download. Nobody downloads anything. It exists oh, in the yeah. cloud. It is <laughs> But it just shows up for you. Uh unbelievable. Anyway, yeah, draft ditties
1: Yes. So anyway, and one of the hot spots, actually, now I think about it for those magazines was the Pittsburgh Airport. So my mom would take me to the airport and would go just to the newsstand. Yeah, you know, we weren't flying anywhere. I mean, that was just another spot. But anyway, <laughs> you, I didn't
0: think about that. the, the airport newsstand, spot. just to stop in, maybe get a get a burger. <laughs> And, uh, and get a get a get a newspaper, get a draft mag.
1: Get a draft mag, right? I mean that's that was you had to know the hotspots. But so my process for this is give, give a shout out to drafthistory.com. They're they're phenomenal. Any draft homework I do starts at drafthistory.com and I go to the Buffalo Bills and just stare at their drafts basically until something jumps out at me that, that of a trend. Some are really stark, some of them are you got to squint a little bit, you know, but sometimes right. when you really study recent drafts in particular, you find things out like, you know, and an odd one would be like the Rams. The Rams had not a first round pick in a bazillion years, but they still make a lot of picks, you know, so you end up with a decent middle to lower class because you have a bunch of fifth rounders, you know, things like that. So I think it's a great way to learn about the teams
0: and some teams. And I think the Buffalo Bills is one of those where the trend might be the same trend as last year because they keep doing it.
1: Exactly. So here we go. I'll read these off and then we can discuss each one. Some are more potent than others, but Buffalo has used their first selection on a defensive player seven of the last nine years, you know, and Josh Allen was one of the years they didn't, of course. The Bills did use their first two selections, though, on the offensive side of the ball. That's the first time they've done that since 2014. So You would think between now and 2014, you'd go offense-offense more than just last year, and they had that huge run of defensive players. This year, I feel like they could go wide receiver, corner, edge. I mean, like, there's a lot of – they could be either side of the ball.
0: And it's funny because are they – drafting on the defense because they keep screwing it up and since they went offense does that mean they finally figured it out on the defensive side of the ball or do they have to go back again to the defense and that's where they lean it's just that last year wasn't the right year to to draft a a greg Rousseau or mm-hmm. an AJ day epinesa or a kair elam so um yeah but but i mean it's been defenders and, and i i'm pretty sure this was the draft diddy last year for the bills right they're gonna, they're gonna draft a a big defensive end aren't
1: they yeah exactly and I'll be honest. Pull back the curtain. I save last year's ditties and I see if they still apply. And I cheat a little bit and oh, add one more year to the trend or whatever. And, <laughs> yeah. And this one was a little harsh because they did go offense the first two, so that was they broke the trend last year. You know,
0: could the Bills be without Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs next year? Wide receiver is a, a sneaky big need for the Buffalo. It, is.
1: it absolutely is. Yeah, I mean, if they go offense, I think it's going to be a receiver.
0: Good receiver draft, a lot of talent at the back end of the first round for uh, this is this is one of the better. I don't know if it's because uh, and I'm, I'm starting to get really deep with the, the scouting reports and and, um, and prospects that could be there for the Niners that are picking 31 mm-hmm. or uh, my listeners on Locked On 49ers. Subscribe daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, this is a really good end of first round class like because you know traditionally there's you know what 18 20 22 maybe clean first round grades for most teams it might be a bigger number this year
1: I'm finding the same thing out I I think there's nine upper tier really impressive offensive players that are probably going to go in the top nine or ten picks you know Bowers three receivers three quarterbacks and two tackles but I don't think the cutoff of surefire first rounders Happens till late in the first round compared to most years. And I have a lot more homework to do, obviously, on the fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. But that area of the draft looks like crap this year, to be honest with you. The oh, end of the draft nice. looks horrible. Yeah.
0: We're going top heavy, but not yep. deep. Last year was a pretty deep class, I felt. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wide receivers also just, is that just going to be perennial stacked every year? I feel like wide receiver so, position yeah. the college kids can't stop pumping out.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned this before, I think even earlier in the week about, all the seven-on-seven drills and things like that that they do now, that receivers are just plentiful.
0: Yeah, quarterbacks and receivers are just doing a lot more for a lot longer than they used to, especially with uh, the way they're coached up and just how much they play, whether or not it's pro
1: style or not. Uh, Next up, Miami Dolphins in the AFC East. This one's very telling to me. So over the 2020 and 2021 drafts, the Dolphins had five first-round picks over those two drafts, right? But the last two years, 2022 and 2023, they've had zero first-round picks, and their first selection each year didn't come till 102nd overall and then 51st overall. Like, that's the definition of pushing all your chips in with your a quarterback on a rookie contract to try to win now, and now they're going to pay for it heavy. I mean, like, free agency's hitting them hard, and they don't have a first-rounder over the last two years – or even a second rounder in some cases to come in and fill in his cheap, talented labor, you know?
0: And what's crazy is they did a three for one in 2021 when the Niners traded up with the dolphins to draft Trey Lance at number three. And the dolphins didn't draft any of those first round picks. They traded yeah, up yeah. the same day, basically from 12 from the 49ers pick. They went up uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Was it? No, the giants. Who is the okay. team? Oh no. The Eagles. They traded with the Eagles, right? And they went up to pick six with the Eagles. Eagles went back to 12, then the Eagles traded back up with the Cowboys to get Devontae Smith in that draft. But anyway, so the picks that, that the Dolphins got from the Niners, they traded back up to get Waddle. So they didn't pick the they didn't spend the 12th pick. The next year they traded it for Tyreek Hill, and then they traded for uh Bradley Chubb, right? So yeah, they one was they Chubb, the yeah. Three first rounders that they got. So they should have been drafting even more than everybody, yet they didn't draft in the first round of the last two years.
1: Yeah. I mean, they traded him for Tyreek and things like you know, Jalen Ramsey, you know, they went all in and they didn't win. I mean, and then they got the
0: the pick taken away from the league as well.
1: Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. But I mean the fear it's teams tell you a ton, you know, like they pushed their chips in the middle and they lost the poker hand. Now with Armstead and a lot of linemen and a lot of these guys coming up for free agency, their window might've shut on, you know? The big one for the Pats is
0: it's a new regime in town. How do things change for the new England Patriots without Bill Belichick around?
1: Yeah. So since 2018, they made five picks in the first round. All were on offensive players. That's a case to me of just because they were bad at it. You know, Nikhil Harry, you know, guys like that. Let's keep trying. They finally did break that streak last year with Christian Gonzalez as a first-rounder. So, you know, that little caveat there. But also, I love this sort of thing, but I don't know if they've made a count either. But in the past two drafts, they've made six selections in round four. Like, that's cheap, cheap labor, special teamers, you know, maybe two of them turn into starters. Give You know, six picks in round four, that's great stuff. I love that sort of thing.
0: And Bill, for years, was so good at that. He was trading Trade down, down. He traded down yeah. as much as anybody, going from late round one into early round two and collecting a lot of the meat and potatoes of their of their football team. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, unknown how things are going to look there. I think they did get a good one last year in Christian Gonzalez, though. Yeah, I, I agree on that. All right, next, we're going to finish up the East with the New York Jets. Head over to the North, South, and West. Draft trends, draft notes for all the teams in the AFC heading into the 2024 NFL draft. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. And it is is especially important to not allow the small thing to become the big thing. And therapy can be different for everybody. And um, we're we're sometimes therapists for for teams. I know I am on locked on 49ers after you lose the Super Bowl. We're therapists for some of those listeners. Uh, but most of us have bigger problems going on in our life than our favorite sports team. And it's important to get things off our chest with a professional, with someone who's unbiased, uh, and get that off your chest every once in a while. Maybe just check in once a week and make sure you're hitting the uh the goals that you want to hit. In your life, so if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash locked on to get 10 percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H e l p. dot slash locked
1: on. The New York Jets to finish up the AFC East. What is their recent draft trend man? So going all the way back to 2017, they've made 10 picks in the first round, five on defense, five on offense. Including two quarterbacks, Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson, in the top three picks overall. And I know Rodgers got hurt, but one side was really good. One side was really bad last year. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Beyond quarterbacks. Right. And, and your biggest, it's funny because they drafted two top three quarterbacks. Yeah.
1: Then they went out and got future Hall of Fame quarterback, and it was still yeah. the worst position on the roster. <laughs> That's worse. Yeah. You've used, Two top three picks and what turned into a second rounder, but it would have been a first had he played. And your quarterback situation was like the worst in the league.
0: Yeah. Mackay Becton, you know, the the injury problems with him has been mm-hmm. frustrating there. But, man, uh, Garrett Wilson, they have nailed some picks and, and really yeah. done a great job on the defensive side
1: of the ball. 100%. Uh, Baltimore birdies. Like, I, th- I hope people realize this about the Ravens, and I have great respect for them in this regard. They notoriously make a lot of draft picks you know they're like the best with the comp game you know they're really good at making a lot of picks but last year they only made six picks you know you get seven you know what I mean so that's a, a not a huge number but it, I mean they only made six picks the last time they selected less than six players in a round in a, in a year was all the way back in 1999. And they've drafted more than six players every year since '99, with the exception of just three seasons. So they make a ton of picks, but this past year they didn't by their standards.
0: Organizational philosophy, and uh, I think it's a good philosophy. And and really, even if you have six picks, there's there's really eight picks per team because there's an extra entire round of comp picks that are given out every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but and you know, they usually get a lot them, of those. It's funny because good teams lose players and then get comp picks back, and the bad teams ad players don't get comp picks back. So a lot of good teams with a lot of uh, extra picks. Cincinnati Bengals.
1: This one's very basic, but it's also very telling. So over the past two drafts, they've made four selections in the top 60. All of them are on defensive players. Like, all right, man, that's only four picks. Well, here's what's going on is they used to make a lot of picks on offense, Chase Burrow, and now that they're going to pay those guys, they're going to have to be cheap on the other side of the ball. You know what I mean? So they're getting young on that side of the ball, you know, to make up for all the expensive stuff on the offense, you know, yeah, and have
0: guys that they let go on the defensive side of the ball. And then now at some point T Higgins is he gone. And then it's going to flip back to the offensive side of the ball. And it's like, man, okay, we got to get cheaper there. Cause we're paying, uh, you know, Burrow and chase huge money once uh, the chase deal comes through.
1: Yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. Cleveland um, Browns, obviously the big Watson yeah, trade affects
0: Watson. everything with their with their drafts.
1: And this would worry me. I don't think it's hurt them yet, except for he hasn't played up to expectations. But I think it'll start to pay the piper because they have not made a selection in the first two rounds of either of the past two drafts. Like, that's hard to overcome. And they don't have a first-round pick right now for this upcoming draft. Their average pick over the last two drafts, their average first pick, their average first selection has been seventy first overall over these past two drafts. Like things inevitably go wrong. You need a tackle. You need a guard. Whatever, and you don't have the resources to get them from college. That usually comes back to bite you.
0: It's it, it, yeah, and it sort of feeds into itself as well. So you you spend a whole bunch dollars and picks, and you got a mm-hmm. quarterback, and he's not playing at the level he needs to. So that's an important position. And then now you have to pay more dollars because you don't have the draft picks to draft the players exactly. around him and the premium positions like edge and, um, offensive tackle, but they got a, a couple of really good picks at those positions. Wide receiver edge offensive tackle in the draft last year, even though they didn't pick high. So did they sneak through with being able to get some of those positions, even though not having high picks, which would be really important if they were able to do that. So fascinating. And you usually don't see, it's not like, oh, we didn't have a first round pick this year, so we're bad now. Right, right, we're right. We're bad three years from not having all those picks.
1: Exactly, it's going to hurt you a year or two from now, especially if what it's like. It's almost like maxing out your Visa and then be like, well, I'll go open up a Mastercard to pay off the Visa. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously a stable organization. What is the the trend in Pittsburgh?
1: Real, real stark one, honestly. They've gone four straight drafts with their first pick being on the offensive side of the ball. One of those was not a first. It was Chase Claypool after they didn't have a first-rounder that year. But before that, they went defense from two with their first pick from 2013 to th- 2019. So BP, my Steelers, have like the youngest offense in the league right now and the oldest defense because they have all their starters. They drafted a while ago, the Cam Haywards and Watts and those type of dudes, but all their recent guys are offense.
0: So, do you need to supplement the youth on offense because that's still the worst unit? The defense is good, but do you need the right. young? Do you need youth on the defensive side of the ball before they age out?
1: It's a great question. You know, that's something I'm fighting right now. Is I'd love to see the Steelers sign secondary help, but I don't want to get older and older and older on that side of the ball. You know, and it's a really good tackle, center, wide receiver draft. Are you just going to keep getting younger and younger on offense, or do you go get an old guy to help pick it out? You know what I mean? It's a conundrum
0: can the Houston Texans doing it again? I mean, easily the best draft class and it's easier to have a great draft class when you draft second and third in an NFL draft, which the Houston Texans ended up doing, but they nailed both of those picks. And when you find a franchise quarterback and a cornerstone defensive player, like an edge rusher in Will Anderson, and even on down the draft, the tank Dells and a ton of contributors for first year, a regime, I mean, phenomenal what the Texans did. Can they back that up? Because this team could get scary quick.
1: No doubt. I mean, and I th- so you kind of touched on it. Over the past two drafts, they've drafted the third player overall in both years. You know, they it was Anderson and Stingley, and also the second player overall last year, Stroud. That's wonderful. But I think people forget how awful this organization was before that, because from 2018 to 2021. The earliest Houston made a selection was 23rd overall. But during that stretch, their average first pick was just under 50th overall, you know, like and they weren't good. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, that Um, that was those rough years of trading away Hopkins and for David Johnson. And I mean, they were a miserable organization for a while.
0: And they were a good team and with a good quarterback. And then the mismanagement happened. And all of a sudden that's why you're drafted second and third in the draft
1: back to back. Watson wanted out before he ever got in trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Watson didn't know how good he had it.
1: (laughs) That's true. Right.
0: That was the glory days. Are Are you kidding me? Like, wow. Unbelievable. Um, Indianapolis Colts, over the past six drafts, the Colts have made 12 selections in the second round, but just three in round one. And last year they made six picks in the fourth and fifth rounds combined. A whole bunch of athletes, and we'll see if uh, their coaching staff can develop those guys.
1: I love it. I mean, just take a bunch of bites at the apple in the second round, the fourth, the fifth, bring a lot of bodies to camp, have a lot of competition. And if half those players hit, you are living large
0: insane athletes in their draft last year and you know some of them a little bit raw and, and we might not see them develop into year two year three but if some of those guys hit i mean unbelievable so uh, we'll see what that looks like for a really athletic and big colts class from last year and see how that followed up this year picking 15 in round one to finish this up with the afc draft ditties. we've got the jacksonville jaguars and the titans in the south and then the afc west draft trends next Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's right, it's $150 extra bucks to play with at FanDuel if your first bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets. Live same-game parlays, exclusive props. Obviously, NHL hockey is still going, baseball around the corner, spring training is happening, and draft props as well. If you listen to this podcast, I think you might have a little advantage doing some of those draft props at FanDuel. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, here we go. Let's get to the Jacksonville Jaguars draft ditty, Matt.
1: So I think this is, bear with me on this, it can be a little confusing, but I think it just shows how infrequently this team, this organization has had a good year going all the way back to 2008. So going back all the way to 2008, the Jags' first pick has been later than 11th overall, just twice. I mean, they haven't picked in the top outside the top 11 only twice since 2008 and one of them was last year. They picked 27th overall last year, but from 2012 up until I guess over a 10-year stretch there, their average first selection was at 6.3 overall. Like, you're always picking in the top six or seven for a decade, and you've been picking in the top 11 for like two decades. I mean, like, you should be better. I mean, just multiple, hit up to picks. Right.
0: Multiple head coaches. Yeah. 21 draft, though. That was the big one. Trevor Lawrence at the top. They followed it up back to back. Number one picks. Trayvon Walker. But before that, it was C.J. Henderson gone. Uh, Josh Allen. Nice player. Yeah. Uh, number seven overall. Yeah. He's a free agent this year. We'll see if he gets the franchise tag, what that contract looks like. David and Brian was later in the first mm-hmm. round. Uh, in 2018, didn't do much. Uh, Leonard Fournette, number four. Jalen Ramsey, number five. Uh, Dante Fowler, number three. And and, and then all the way it's back to Luke Bortles in, in 2014. Luke Jokel. I mean, this is crazy how high they picked Justin Blackman. And this right, yeah. misses too with guys that were talented and just were not on the roster to compete for that team. Jordan within three Bortles,
1: years. Bla- I mean, bust after bust after bust at the top of the draft.
0: Wild. That's a good one, actually. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Um, Explains a lot. Jacksonville Jaguars fans don't like it a lot. But, hey, they might have turned the corner. So that's, a, that's what's important.
1: I mean, Trevor Lawrence had a lot of that stuff, you know, some baggage to overcome that he's yep. in charge, you know. Tennessee Titans. So of their last 13 first-round picks, only three have been on defensive players. But it sure seems like their defense has been better than their offense during that stretch. In the yeah. last eight I mean, years. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is it a coaching and, thing or is it a talent thing?
1: That's a great question. Or style of play, Henry, you know, grind it out. I, I don't know. But over their last eight years, they are very balanced. Of their first two picks, it's either been offense-defense, defense-offense. You know, so seven of the last eight years, they've gone one or the other. They haven't been heavy on either side. You see what I'm saying?
0: We can put in ink it's going to be an offensive player this year, though, right? Either tackle yeah. or receiver at pick seven?
1: I think so. I mean, they're in that – they're going to get one of those nine I talked about. You know, they'll be happy about it.
0: Denver Broncos.
1: I stared at them forever, and I had a hard time coming up with serious trends. But they've also had a couple different people in charge, so this is the best I could come up with. In two thousand, since two thousand eighteen, they've drafted four wideouts in either the first or second round, and frankly, they're not very good at wideout. And they might be drafting a wideout high still, and, and, and then another one. After drafting twenty nine players in three drafts combined the Broncos only had five players drafted last year because of the Wilson trades. You know, they're another team that makes a lot of picks. They were averaging like 10 a, a year for three years. And then last year, they then p- picked five guys.
0: The Kansas city chiefs make me think of a nature versus nurture. When you're a good team and you're drafting at the end of the first round every year, yet you're still developing and turning out really good players. Some of them not first round picks, right? Uh, there's something to how well, players are coached and would, would mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes even be Patrick Mahomes, right? He was a, he was a top 10 pick, but what would he have looked like if he went to Chicago or Cleveland?
1: No, no doubt. No doubt. So here, they have two pretty distinct trends they've now their first pick has been used on a defensive player three straight years. I mean, I think that's noteworthy basically since Tyreek and over their past five draft classes, they've made eight second round picks. And they've made those count. Some of those second round picks the Chiefs have made have been quite valuable, you know, and they're not expensive.
0: Yeah, and you know they've got big time free agents in in Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed, But in recent first rounds, they've drafted McDuffie and George Karloftis, uh, you mm-hmm. know, at those positions. So are they preparing to not re-sign those guys? Do you have to choose between, uh, you know, Sneed and McDuffie because you know that you know they're both good players. You have to pay the one or the other. So interesting decisions to be made for the the Kansas City Chiefs who are picking thirty two yet again
1: and they've learned how to win different ways like all dynasties do, you know. Las Vegas Raiders. See, this one would bother me. And again, there's new people in charge so good. But over the last 6 drafts, I mean, that's a lot. They've made 10 choices in the 3rd round, which I love, and 9 picks in the 4th round. So they've been, I mean, they're making a ton of 3rd and 4th round picks over a 6-year stretch. You would think and I think they're one of the worst in the league in nice depth you know cheap guys finding starters in the mid-round there's not a lot of you know max crosby aside there's not many hits in that group or you would think the middle class of the raiders roster would be awesome if you have all those third and fourth round picks and they haven't been
0: and they've been so weird my entire life and it's it's, it's Uh, the family business it's the raider way because i only grew up Watching old Al Davis operate and do do some weird stuff, right? With the the crazy oh, track stars wow. he's bringing in all the time. And uh I think he was zigging while other teams were zagging early in his career, but you know, the Jamarcus Russell's and then uh you know, on to the the latest group of you know, showing nothing to show for all your first round picks.
1: Tons. I mean, even the mayock era is really bad. They traded yeah. Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper for all these first round picks. Some of them some of them are out of I mean like League. i mean they're horrendous you know leatherwood you know guys are they were, bad they were
0: on the team in year two or three of their rookie contracts
1: yeah
0: and this we'll is really they've
1: probably been the worst drafting real quick i bet them and the jags are probably neck and neck for worst drafting teams over the last two decades or so
0: yep i, I would agree with that and uh, we'll finish it up here in the afc west with the los angeles chargers
1: Quick nugget on them. It looks like I am, or it looks like Mike Williams is getting released. I mean, that's not a shock. More to come there. Um, But since 2007, this is going way back, they've made 18 first round picks, nine on offense, nine on defense. But they have also now gone four years in a row using their first pick on the offensive side of the ball, which I think they probably will do again under Harbaugh, tackle or a pass catcher.
0: New regime, uh, some expensive contracts. Veterans will probably be cut, maybe traded, restructured, something because um, they've got to fix the cap situation here. They're a little old and expensive, um, and uh, I'm fascinated. The Chargers are, are, I think, one of the most fun teams. You got a high pick at five. You could go any number of directions there with that selection. You could trade down. You know, what's the, you know, my wide receiver might be the best player available. But Mm -hmm. is that the identity that Harbaugh wants for his Chargers? So I can't wait to see how this ends up looking for the Chargers. 100%. That is the AFC draft ditties. We'll come back tomorrow, and we're talking draft notes, draft trends, the NFC draft ditties, all the teams in the NFC, and what we can learn about maybe what they will do in the 2024 NFL draft. Talk to you then, right here, Peacock and Williamson.